This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knock Up Podcast, episode 32 now, I believe. Racking Hello, up the numbers. Everyone. Yeah, getting up there. Yeah, we're uh, back for another week. Um, as we as we as we alluded to in last week's show, not the best card on the weekend. Um, you know, UFC coronavirus pandemic cards really beginning to hit. Um, yeah, <laughs> but there's there's a, there's a, there's a few talking points we can discuss, um, and we will do. Uh, and we've got a good. Uh, a serviceable card on the weekend, at least with it's, a with an with a good main event. Yeah, so like the overall card isn't amazing, but like it has a good main event, uh, yeah. and that's what more you need. Like, I mean, we're being spoiled with a good main event, like compared to like last week's. Yeah, card, mostly, certainly. So. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll just hop straight in. Do you want to start? Do you want to start at the top or at the bottom? Yeah, start at the top. Okay. Start with, um, Holly Holm defeats Irene Aldana, um, a complete shutout in every sense of the word, 50-44 and 50-45 um, on two scorecards. Um, this was just really bad from Aldana, like just essentially just played into Holm's strengths. Yeah, just Aldana didn't really have anything for her. Um, you could just see like, I think watching this fight, I think when I was watching it, it was quite kind of interesting because there was a lot of time where it's hard to like, there was a lot of kind of like definitive or not definitive, like a lot of space or time between the like exchanges. You'd see like that exchange and then they'd like, you'd see them like circle, 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 walk around the octagon, whatever exchange again. And I feel like if you watch the like time in between the exchanges, like, in a way, it just showed you how this fight was going because you just saw Holly Holm being able to do essentially whatever she wanted in the time between the exchanges, which meant that she could then initiate the exchanges on her terms and then just got the better of them completely. Like, Aldana's footwork was just so bad in, like, trying to get anything going that it was just hopeless and she just never got in the fight. Yeah, it was um, not like wholly similar to the home Rousey fight, but in the sense of like Aldana just running into home with very little, very, as you said, very little footwork, very little setting up of shots. It's like when you were her strength lied, like the left hook, that's her like power shot, obviously used it um, to great effect. Was it against? Vieira. Oh, Vieira. Caitlin, 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 Caitlin Vieira. I thought it was Penny, but yeah, Caitlin, Caitlin Vieira. It's like, when you were her strength lie, she had the power but there was really no, there was really no setting it up, and also like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, the, was going on in the corner, but it was, it was quite clear from, you know, well, end of the first round and even second and third round that something needed to change. She couldn't just run herself in, yeah, because she was just either going to get taken down or just going to get jabbed and or hit with hit with the right straight. Um, it was just a very bad game plan like there's a way to beat home and that is not the way no it was just um i don't know it's difficult to even say what she could have done more it just seemed like she just didn't have 
because she just didn't there wasn't even moments really where she found success yeah, I'm there was struggling not, to think there was not the moment where you could say that's what she did well she just should have done more of that yeah or like yeah you could have like done that and then combined it with this to get better results on doing that or what like it was just that her whole game was just not up to scratch in a sense and it was like home was just too well rounded as well as just um just much better at a bit like Holly Holm is probably for all like kind of her faults in a sense, like as a kind of ring general and like someone with outside footwork, she's one of the best in women's MMA. Yeah. And like it was, it was, I think mostly came down to the footwork where Aldana just literally couldn't get to her. You saw like there were so many times where home would initiate the exchanges, land a few shots and then Aldana would, um, just miss her like completely as home exited or Aldana would try to initiate and just get nowhere near her. Um, so it was just like, Aldana just couldn't track her down. So I like, I don't know what more like can be said other than you need to really go and work on your footwork. Like there's not much you can do mid fight to a mid fight adjustment to make that better. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It was just, yeah. But disappointing. I'd say disappointing. Yeah. Um, but Holly Holm did look, it is quite, kind of like quite good to see. I mean, it's been happening for a few fights, I mean, and a few boring ones, but Holly Holm is becoming significantly more well-rounded um, as an MMA fighter mm-hmm. um, to the point that she's one of the best, well-round, like most well-rounded fighters in women's MMA. Like, yeah, showing, showing, showing that gas tank. To, I, mean, I mean, she's always had good stamina. She's you know, in, in yeah. crazy shape for something 38. Added the wrestling, um, obviously, you know, the boxing and the kickboxing prowess. It's like, no, there, there, there is a lot to like about her sort of overall game. And as you say, this just showed like another subtle and slight improvement in that. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like, I think part of that is because she had the right opponent to kind of like yeah. showcase her Certainly. developments on. Um, but yeah, it was like, good to see her become like significantly more well-rounded because you could see like in the Shevchenko fight and then like the Nunes fight, like in terms of like just her striking wasn't enough to get it done at like the highest level of MMA. Um, so like, I mean, and to be honest, I don't think like adding in the wrestling is going to be like, it's not going to get her to beat Nunes. Uh, right. But um, it's just, it's another wrinkle at least. Yeah. Um and um, yeah, as you say, like it's uh, the the first fight with Nunes was pretty comprehensive in of itself. Um, yeah. But it feels like, well, I, I would imagine the fight to make would be um, um, Jermaine Durandamy versus Holly Holm two. The winner then getting their second shot at Nunes. Yeah, that's what I could like. I'd hope so. Um, because Durand May, I mean, should we just go on to talk about Durand May now? We'll do it yeah, we may as well. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend <laughs> too much time with Felipe de Castro. Um, yeah, it happened. De Castro didn't do much. Um, Felipe won. Great. Um, yeah, but I think the obvious segue, yeah, it's into GDI Pena, um, third round guillotine, um, which is, yeah. Um, so like when we saw Durand May fight Amanda Nunes, um, that, like honestly 
recent for recent memory memory was one of my most frustrating fights to watch. Yeah. Because Durando May did like have success and was doing yeah. fairly decently against Nunes on the feet, at least threatening her and making Nunes uncomfortable. Um but her takedown defense and her bottom game was absolutely abysmal. Like Yeah, it was it was just awful. It and like shockingly bad. And Nunes Nunes is not like Nunes is a good wrestler, but there was no there was very little like setup or like intricacy yeah. to much of those takedowns. It was very much Durandame swung, Nunes ducked, takedown, down for the Pretty whole much. round. Yeah. Like Nunes is a decent top player. Um but like I think like she's not an amazing wrestler necessarily. Um like it's just yeah, it was poor. And like but Juliana Pena did get Duranda made down. Like I think like she was on top for like almost all of the second round, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um and like for I think a bit of the first or something. Um she, so she didn't really sh- against a worse top player than Nunes, I'd say. I can't really like I haven't really looked at both of them in depth or thought about it that much to be honest. But I'd imagine a worse top player than Nunes and Pena. Um and she still had like some of the same struggles. She just couldn't get up from bottom. And like obviously she did get a guillotine, but like we've seen Dustin Poirier like show the kind of limits of like jumping guillotine consistently as your takedown defense. Um yeah, in a in a in a in a hypothetical GDR Nunes two, I would not recommend um, a guillotine, sort of a, no. a jumping guillotine, as 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 her way to win the fight, or at least. No. And it was a really nice guillotine, like yeah. it was really tight, nice like high elbow, but um, it's just it's quite low percentage. Yeah. Um, so like it was it was nice, but I don't see it's not. I didn't see her fixing necessarily the issues. Um. But someone like, I don't know, someone that can tell you like more of the nuances of the wrestling might be able to tell you that she improved in some spaces, uh, in some of the phases. But I wouldn't like, it overall didn't seem like she'd significantly fix the issues. That yeah, were not, the problem not the to the level fight. that I'd feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. That wasn't still that wouldn't still be an easy path to victory for Nunes in a yeah, rematch. Exactly. I would imagine it just probably would be. Which, having mentioned how well rounded Holly Holmes got now, um, would be is why I'd say what you suggested the um home Duranda May rematch would make sense because that would be also a good time to test like that for her. Um so yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the right route to go down. Yeah, so um yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, barring sort of um, breakdowns in negotiations, I imagine that that is the obvious fight for um, yeah for both both parties. And um, providing Nunes gets past uh, Megan Anderson, which I think will be no problem. Um, I mean, Harley Home did out wrestle Megan Anderson quite easily. Yeah, um, I can imagine Nunes being able to do it and probably beating her on the feet as well yeah um so providing providing she beats Megan Anton and you know doesn't retire or um relinquish a bantamweight belt um I, I would imagine that 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 would be the fight to make yeah um just for the winner of that um where else do you want to go on the main I'll, I'll I mean I don't think you caught the fight um Dusko Todorovic no um not not a sort of long 
long topic to touch on. Um, I think he's beaten Daquan De- Townsend, who's I think subsequently been cut. Um, to be fair, he is 0-4 in the UFC, so that probably doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Um, an, an impressive performance for him. Um, showed good power, um, good ground game, um, good on, good on, good on, good on top on the ground. Um, he moves to 10-0. Just perhaps, perhaps someone to keep an eye on. I think he's, I think he's been quite highly um, touted as someone coming out of Europe. So, um, just uh, one to keep an eye on, perhaps. Um, where do you want to move to the prelims? Um, do you want to, do you want to get, get a bit of Luma look, uh, look, look boomy on? Loma look. Yeah, kind of have to. Um, mm-hmm. Best. Best fighter on the card, yeah. Maybe uh, <laughs> uh, no. She just looks um, again like I think like Jin Frey. I think they said like isn't a massive straw weight, but she still looked quite significantly bigger than Loma. Loma is absolutely tiny. Like yeah, if they I'm, were just, to add... I'm just looking at it now. Jin Frey was is the former year, uh, Invicta atomweight champion, so yeah, she's she's, she's got down to it before. And she looked bigger than Loma. Oh, comfortably. Um, like, so it is, that will be the one thing that hampers her. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, she, other than that, like, her clinch game is genuinely elite. Like, yeah. especially for MMA standards, it's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I feel like she's come a long way, even or, like, at least a decent amount. Like, the Angela Hill fight was a decent learning process for her, I think. And she applied some of like some of the tactics she was using in the clinch, um, she like still had the kind of like basic tie game, but then like MMA'd it up kind of, like use uh-huh. some of the tactics that are useful in MMA for stopping takedown. She relied more kind of, or like had a better use of the wizard and stuff like that in the clinch to prevent takedown attempts. Um, and yeah, and there were other good things she did, like brutal elbows. Brute, oh, in, yeah, brutal burst from the clinch. But also, she, uh, I think she worked really well with feints in this fight as well. Yeah. Um, she's like, you see that she's like on Instagram, whatever, on social media, all the city kickboxing guys shout her out. Because, uh, like, oh, I didn't see like, that. Oh, that's good. Uh, Tiger Muay Thai, uh, where she trains, and city kickboxing. Um, like, I mean, Volkanovski trains at both. Um, yeah. They've got quite a close connection, or at least, like, at least somewhat. Um, and like you've seen, like Izzy's trained with Loma and stuff like that before. So like, and I feel like you could tell at least a little bit. There was one time I just remember like one exchange. It was Loma fainted a kick, like she fainted the kick to the body, but then kind of like just got like Jinyu uh, Fraser reach to block, um, but kind of just delayed the timing of it and then brought it into the leg, and it uh-huh. was absolutely fantastic. I remember that just thinking, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you can see kind of like the influence at least of kind of the city kickboxing guys in her, at least like in her game out in the open. And then her clinch game is um, pretty authentic tie um, and it's very nice. Yeah. So yeah um, uh, brilliant stuff. Yeah, I think as, as you mentioned, um, far bigger tests to come in terms of quality and also um, people who will be able to, who will try and... Um, you know, counteract her, her well, huge size advantage, size disadvantage she will have um, with a lot of people in this division. Yeah, she's. Uh, I think, as you said, <clears throat> she she did well to use the physicality 
to sort of use her physicality in the clinch, but use her sort of rely more on her technique than her physicality. I, if I remember correctly, against um, Angela Hill, at, at times it did just feel like Hill was just too strong and too big, and yeah. Loma needs to like. Obviously, I'm sure she does understand that she has that size and strength disadvantage. She's got to sort of minimize minimize the times where that is a where that is a factor keep out a range and then when you do come in rely on as you said that incredible technique she's got in the clinch um because if she can then you know i think she's a i think she's a problem for a lot of people yeah and like also angela hill in that regard is also kind of a kind of uniquely bad matchup for her at strawweight because angela hill has probably got like maybe outside of Andrade, but Andrade's clinch game isn't like elite in terms of it's really good. It's just that she's freakishly strong. Yeah. Um, like outside of like those two, like hip, like no one really is close to her. Like maybe Joanna is decent as well. And yeah, okay. Um, but like no one else is as good as like like Hill is one of the better clinches. Yeah. Yeah, at straw weight, and well. and so she was has got sort of there. deceptively, and is deceptively strong. Yeah, as well, as well as obviously, as you said, being significantly bigger as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I don't know much about like the atom weight scene, <laughs> to be honest. But if like I'd prefer, I think I'd probably prefer an atom weight division to the women's featherweight division. So yeah, I if think they so. were to, uh, if they were to add that and get rid of women's featherweight, I'd certainly welcome it. Yeah, I think I think that. I mean, you look at some of the smaller people. Obviously, you'd have look look boomy. me, Ginger Frey, because was the yeah. FC atom weight. Like someone like Michelle Waterson, she 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 could comfortably get down to atom weight. Yeah. Um, I, I, as I said, I I think there's far more scope for um for an atom weight division. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's so much talent out in the well, especially in sort of the Asian. Um, yeah market where with um with that with that with atom weight so I yeah think... i know like one have or like yeah in like like asia like one i think have a decent atom weight division or at least um and like there is talent there and also they'll probably like you'd probably get maybe a few more female tie fighters that might want to come over and try it if there were um yeah. if there was an atom weight division uh, which i would absolutely love um yeah, if we're talking featherweight versus atom weight, I know where my preference lies. Yeah, certainly. So uh, it's something to look into. I don't know much about like the worldwide talent at atom weight. Maybe it's like quite limited, but um, it can't be more limited than featherweight. You so, like thing, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> so I'd give. I'd want them to give it a go. Yeah. But yeah, also watching this fight um, just made me kind of like very sad that we've never seen like a really elite like male tie fighter in the UFC make the crossover yeah uh, because it would oh, just be so much fun yeah it would uh, be. yeah no it'd be absolutely brilliant if like if one of them could like get it figured out get the like wrestling figured out stuff like that I, I think it'd be great to watch um so hopefully one day fingers crossed <laughs> hmm. um so yeah that's about well I mean there's, there's not really a whole lot else to talk about this card um we mentioned off air Charles Jordan. It, it it wasn't a, you know, nothing nothing sticks out too much in my mind other than you know, Charles Jordan is is still a sort of a, a fun guy to keep your eye on if uh, yeah if you ever um... it was a it was a weirdly kind of like maybe messy fight I'd describe it as like it was very like obviously it was very wild from Jordan with like a 
silly amount of flying knees and jumping kicks to the body or whatever he was trying to go for. Um, but yeah, it was like strange. Like Jordan got knocked down, knocked down at the like start of round one. Oh no, it wasn't uh-huh. it was, like mid round one. Yeah, uh, but then like had a decently tight guillotine as well, um, <laughs> or something. So yeah, it was quite weird. It was very like yeah, very messy. Um, but I still find it strange. Like somehow one judge managed to give Jordan round one. God, um, yeah, I forgot about the scorecards. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What did you think on the scorecards? I, I, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely, could not have got the uh, the first round for Jordan. I, I, I could see. Personally, I, I would have given it twenty nine, twenty eight to Kilabau. Um, but I like. I didn't think twenty eight, twenty eight was egregious. I mean, thirty, twenty seven. I'm not quite sure where that's come from. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like. The first round, because of the like guillotine attempt, which is like a close finish, which does count quite highly in the judges, um, it's a closer round than you might think, but I'd still fairly confidently give it to Kulabau. And then the second round, it, for me, is a bit of a toss-up. Uh, yeah. Could go either way. Um, but then I did think that the third round was a 10-8 for Jordan. So I would have gone for 28-28. Yeah. Um, so I think a draw is fair. Um, yeah. But, I mean, just thirty twenty seven is just bizarre. Thirty twenty seven is a bit strange. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are you gonna do? MMA judges. <laughs> yep. Welcome back. It's been a while. Yep. Um, yeah, that's uh, that is about it. Um, we can move to. Well, do, do you want to move to next week? There's not. I mean, as I said, there's not a whole lot going on. Yeah. In the week, so. Although, well, the only other thing, of course, in that if there's a um, quick, quick PSA, if there's any wealthy, wealthy listeners in who who fancy sponsoring me and Jack to go corner Mike Perry, get in touch. <laughs> That'd be uh, fantastic. <laughs> I think it's fifty thousand pounds. Darren Till's trying to raise, so if we can get sixty thousand, um, we can go over there and we'll we'll corner him against uh, Robbie Lawler. So yeah, well, I thought that like Darren Till, like. I thought Darren Till offered originally like five grand, but then like Darren Till and Mike Perry did get on for a little while. Yeah. But now like Darren Till and Mike Perry really don't get on. <laughs> I don't think like Mike Perry would be so angry. Yeah, I think I think Darren Till was joking about throwing in the towel within about the first minute. Yeah. <laughs> which, They're not friends which anymore. Would be hilarious. But yeah. um Although I think like throwing in the towel isn't it's not like actually binding. So if they throw in the towel, it doesn't mean they have to stop the fight. Um so like, although that would be funny to think about, it's not necessarily, it wouldn't, it wouldn't end the fight. Um, yeah. but it would be very funny. Um, but yeah, that's not going to happen. I've heard that, I think it was like a company called Cam Soda that have like webcam models. Um, yeah. They were trying to sponsor, like get one, some of their like webcam girls to be in his corner. Uh, but then I, I thought I heard Mike Perry's girlfriend was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if ever you needed a weekly reminder that, Mate, is a serious sport. This was it. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a serious certainly. sport and definitely not a circus. I could certainly see, uh, like webcam models like paying to be like the referee in like an FA Cup final. I believe that. That's, oh, oh yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, certainly possible. Just like, just you just you just sit down. You've got Pep Guardiola next to like a page three model, just like. Yep. Discussing tactics. Yep. Why not? 
Yeah, it's a real not? sport. <laughs> it's a real sport, ladies and gents. Um, yeah, well, uh, we'll, move, we'll move swiftly on um, to um, touch on the fights happening at the weekend. Um, do you want to mention a few names sort of on the prelims and the main card before we get to the main event? Um, any, anyone that sticks out for you that people should keep an eye on? Um, I think Giga Chikedri, obviously, uh, probably is the biggest one there. Uh, he's like a got a decent kickboxing career. Um, like actually, like not a bad, like not a bad level. It's not like a Wonder Boy kickboxing career. He did fight in Glory, um, which is like the premier kickboxing organization. Um, so yeah, he's good. Uh, he's good fun to watch, and yeah, obviously a good fighter as well. Watch out for him. And then Tom Breeze um, is decent. Although had a quite a weird career, like he's had so much time out with injury. Like yeah. he fought in twenty sixteen, then twenty eighteen, then twenty twenty. Like he's just not been able to stay consistent. I think he's kind of suffered for it. And honestly, you could possibly say he's like out of it. He's only twenty nine. So you don't know. But yeah, it's unfortunate, but hopefully he can come back looking good because then he can Maybe go on a little bit of a run, um, but yeah, no, he's okay. Um, yeah, I'll um, I'll highlight a couple of guys on the main card. Um, <clears throat> first on the main card, Yusuf Salal, um, and he's been he's been one of the guys that benefited from this sort of um, COVID COVID cards. I think this is his, this is his third fight. Um, I think, unfortunately, this one and his last fight are sort of late replacements so I imagine um, he will get on um, I imagine he will probably be very comfortable on this but certainly one to watch I think he's now he's 2-0 oh, um, looking to move to 3-0 oh, so he's one to watch and um, for British fans Tom Aspinall at heavyweight um, you know you know UFC commentators love a, love a, love a heavyweight who can sort of vaguely move <laughs> um, and then they and then they herald him as the next sort of Muhammad Ali. Um Aspinall, yeah, as I said, he's no Muhammad Ali, but certainly um can move a bit. Uh knocked out Jake Collier in the first round in 45 seconds, basically with the first punch he threw. Um was scheduled to fight Sergei Spivak in this fight. Um Spivak, I think, was pulled out through injury or whatever, and he now fights uh Alan Baldo, who is some replacement to and has never fought in the UFC, so we'll see what happens there. But he's someone to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I don't. Do you want to move? Do you want to go to the co-main? I don't. I don't. I don't really have any time to talk about Ben Rothwell today. <laughs> <laughs> Why ever not? Um, yeah, uh, the co-main: uh, Edson Barbosa versus Mac One Americani. Uh, Edson Barbosa's second fight at featherweight, um, which like I can't remember. I thought he didn't look. At least physically, I don't think he looked great. He looked very depleted. I thought. Um, I'm trying. I'll get a picture of him. Up. I can't quite remember. I mean, yeah, we were, we were certainly very surprised um, that he made the move down. I thought, if anything, he might go up to welterweight because I don't. He, well, I mean, I don't. I don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he would. But in terms of like, yeah, I didn't think he would. If he was going to move, if he was going to move one way, he was already shredded at um, yeah. lightweight. Um, but he, he clearly made the weight no problem. I think he's clearly a guy who sort of 
lives the life sort of constantly and he's not sort of ballooning up in weight. I'm, I'm sure he can't afford to if he wants to make 145. Yeah. Um, he does actually come in. Now I look at, I mean, I look at, I look at his, his six fight run and, you know, it's a good run. Khabib, Kevin Lee, Dan Hooker, Gaethje, Felder, Ige. But in that six, he is one and five. Um, I mean, if he lost to Ige, of course. Um, so, yeah, he, he does come in with a bit of um, pressure. Like, I don't, I don't think he'd be cut if he lost this fight, but mm. equally well, it, it would be a four-fight losing streak. So there is certainly... Um, some some added pressure coming in. I, I don't. I'd, I'd. I'd be surprised because he's a name. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is. There's a possibility. I'm, I'm sure he'll be as keen as anyone to uh, arrest this slide. Yeah, and it is like obviously that's like that is the way it is. But the last two fights, the Felder and the Uge fights, were close. Yeah, it's not like uh, I think. I think him. a lot of people can make an argument that he won both. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head how I thought they both went, but yeah. like they were both very close, and which is kind of new. Well, he battered Dan Hooker, obviously, which was yeah. like just such a showcase for Edson Barbosa. If you watch that again, he should absolutely yeah. die on him. It's insane. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> but the Khabib, Lee, and Gaethje fights were not close. Um, so... Yeah, at least I don't know if he's made kind of improvement, maybe um, getting blown out to them having close fights. Uh, maybe he'll win one now. Uh, but yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I think I, as I said, like kind of off camera beforehand, um, Americani does tend to gas. Like he'll shoot for a lot of takedowns and it will tire him out. Uh, so he'll just tire himself out. Uh, so if Barbosa's still fresh in the third, this could be quite brutal if it gets there. Um, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, but Barbosa, like when he like has time to strike and he can just, yeah, get, and he gets comfortable, he is very fun to watch. Like he's got beautiful technique, obviously. So um, if it gets to the third, it will be br- bu- uh, brutal, but also quite enjoyable. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I don't, I imagine Barbosa probably wins this. Like I feel that he's like he obviously got taken down a lot by Khabib and Kevin Lee, but like most people do. So it's difficult yeah. to judge how good like his defensive wrestling is again based off those two, but it is generally like fairly good. Um it's just that his positioning is absolutely terrible, but I don't see Americani really being the guy to kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, you think you think if he can, I mean, he's now got an even. I don't know how tall Americani is. Oh, he's five ten. So to be fair for a for a featherweight, that's not bad. Um, yeah, it, it 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 will it will come down to sort of at what range and at what distance either fighter can get this. Um, Get this, get this fight too. I'm sure, as I said, yeah. if if Barbosa can keep it a range and just pepper him with 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 kicks, I think it's going to be a long and painful night for Amir Khani. But equally well, if I mean Amir Khani can get himself in range, um, which Ige did quite well, sort of just taking a shot and running in um, and getting down, then obviously there's a there's a big advantage there for him, and uh, you know he can he can he can use his skills on the ground. Yeah, it'll be it'll be okay. But I feel I expect this. 
they I feel like the UFC kind of wanted the Ige fight to be a bit of a showcase for Barbosa at Featherweight. Like a yeah. Barbosa new division. He's exciting, you all love him. Yeah. Watch him knock someone out. Didn't happen. I feel like they now kind of want that again now. <laughs> so they're setting him up. Yeah. Uh, so I'd fairly confidently favour Barbosa, but maybe he's shots to pieces and I'm wrong. Um, but who knows? It'll be interesting. We will see. Uh, yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd favour Barbosa as well. Um, we will move then to finish up uh, to the main event, Marlon Rice versus Corey Sandhagen. Um, I don't know where this ranks in the rankings, but I think Marais is number one. Sandhagen might be number four. Something um, like that, I, yeah. Yeah, Marais coming off a controversial victory against Jose Aldo, split decision. That was ages ago now. Ages ago, yeah. That's uh, 10 months ago now. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> and Sandhagen coming off that very quick defeat against Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, that was such at, a disappointing fight. Yeah, back at <laughs> years. We, oh, yeah, no. we spent all that all that time previewing it, um, and I, it, it did promise to be a good fight. And um, yeah, it lasted all of 90 seconds. Um, yeah, it would have been fantastic if we got like a proper like, a fight out yeah. of that. But, like, I think... Alas. Alas, the UFC gods did not deliver. Um, this one, I think as well, promises to be a really fun fight. Um, Marais, like we know where his strengths lie, like the kicks, got good power, um, and and for for Sandhagen, it's that uh, sort of unorthodox movement, the body shots, sort um, and 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 the pressure, and what sort of how how that uh, how those two sort of different styles will interact. How do you how do you see this? Uh, yeah, I like I really like Sandhagen. He's got lovely like combination work and everything kind of. I think we've talked before about fighters. I think I remember Chase. We talked about Chase Hooper, um, who being like their game, like they are good in certain areas, but their game like isn't functional. Like we've talked about it a couple of times. Like there are fighters that don't quite know what they want to do or like how their game fits together. Like it's just kind of various bolted on pieces and not like a coherent thing. Uh, one thing about Sandhagen is I feel like his day, his game, like it flows really nicely. Like he knows what he wants to do on the feet. He's tactical and strategic and everything just does fit together. I feel quite nicely. Um, and he's very exciting to watch generally. Um, that being said, uh, he can be fairly vulnerable. He can get hit quite a lot. Yeah, and I feel that makes the first round very dicey for him in this one. Um, yeah, I think... but I mean, Marais has got tree trunks for legs and yeah. carries a lot of power, um, and is also, um, you know, a handy grappler. Um, we saw against Sand, we saw against Sterling um, that Sandhagen, as you as 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 you've often said with him, he's sort of happy to take it to the ground and is quite an. Uh, aggressive aggressive uh, on the ground in terms of looking for stuff and perhaps forcing yeah. the issue too much um, and that's that's another area that you know Marais is Marais is certainly no slouch on the floor I think got a finish against a Sunsau I think yeah I think he cracked him on the feet and yeah. guillotined him to finish uh, yeah like that is like Sunhagen he do, it wasn't necessarily the issue against Aljo um, like he does it but he does like yeah as you said like it's one of those things where 
like in a way kind of with MMA fighters sometimes it's ego I don't know necessarily if this is the case for Sandhagen um, but sometimes they're like oh I want to test myself against the best on the ground so they're like yeah I'll go to the ground with Damien yeah. Meyer or whatever it's like yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> people have actually learned that lesson with Damien Meyer and just never test yourself against him <laughs> but um, it does happen still with like in general you can see it um, so I don't know that I don't see that being necessarily a factor in this fight because although like Marais is handy on the ground, um, it's, I feel it's mostly opportunistic. Like, yeah, yeah, certainly if he if he then, if he cracks Sandhagen, um, yeah, then 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 perhaps we'd uh, we'd see that. Yeah, um, that is most likely to be the case. Um, so I don't feel that like necessarily in the wrestling, um, he has that much to kind of worry about or like it's not that much of a concern uh but yeah i feel like early on it's very dangerous to sandhagen but i can see him taking over and the accumulation of the body shots as well as sandhagen leg kicks quite well um even like although not as thunderously as marais uh, i can kind of see sandhagen possibly drowning marais late but eating a lot of damage in the process. yeah i think um it's not as simple as Marais early Sandhagen later. That's far too much of of a oversimplification. Yeah. But Marais does have issues. He does slow if you pressure him, and he does slow down. I don't know. He's had fights that have been scheduled to go five rounds against the Sahuda. Obviously, he was stopped then. Um, I don't think Sandhagen's uh, gone five or had a fight scheduled five, but certainly. I wouldn't think he'd be the kind of guy to have cardio problems. No, like you see, like you can see, I like in all his three rounds, I don't think I've ever seen him necessarily tired at the yeah. end of one. Uh, I think he trains in Denver, like high altitude. Yeah. Um, and like just his style is very like quite efficient and like it's not, he doesn't load up on anything. Yeah. It's very kind of like touch, touch, like kind of Max Holloway-esque yeah, yeah. in a way. Um, so I don't like, yeah. Even though we haven't necessarily seen that like very impressive cardio, I feel like it might not be like as much of a weapon as say it is for Holloway, but it's like there and it's good enough to back up his game, especially against a fighter like Marais, who we know yeah. has got docu- has got you know well documented issues with fading, even even within a three. I remember, yeah, I remember against yeah, Aldo, he's, he was he was he was fading in the third round. Yeah, so, I think the Cejudo fight he faded in the second. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I feel. So yeah, maybe it is a bit of an oversimplification, but also it does like there is a little bit of merit in the Sahud um, in the Marais early Sandhagen late. But I think it'll be a very good fight. Like these are like a two boat, like very good fighters in a very good division. Um, so yeah, I'm I like this is like I'm genuinely excited about this one um, and very anticipated fight as compared to a lot of recent yeah. fights. Yeah, certainly there's a bit more intrigue than home Aldana. No, this will be a this will be a really fun one. This is one that if you saw if you saw the names and you certainly sort of weren't 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 following too much, you'd perhaps pass us but um but for, for those who sort of know this is a yeah this this certainly be a really enjoyable one. Um yeah. you... my only um kind of worry with this one is that if Marais does win, I can really see them passing up Sterling for a title shot and they might run um Jan Marais. Yeah. Uh, which I feel is just 
not as compelling a fight to me as Jan Sterling. Like Jan Marais, again, it can be dicey for Jan in round one, but after that, I'm even more I'm even more confident yeah. that Jan would drown him late. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um I think the the Marais early, Jan late, that is not an oversimplification. No, that is that is just a fact that like if Jan it would gets out of if it gets out of round two him. or you know, if it gets out of round yeah. two or three, then it's game over for Marais. Pretty much. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd prefer they give the title shot to Sterling. I can really see him being passed up if Marais wins this. So I'm on Team Sandhagen here. Yeah. Um, which um, I was anyway. And I do like Sandhagen. Uh, yeah, I do. So. I, think, I think I will I will just about favour Sandhagen. I'm hopeful, um, although although the, the Aljamain Sterling loss wasn't necessarily a case of being reckless, um, I hope he will approach the early round with caution, give Marais the respect that a number one contender who's fought for the belt deserves, but ultimately yeah. back himself in the later rounds to to use those combos, to use that fleet of that fleetness of foot, um, and and to sort of get get a decision or or, or perhaps even a late finish. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, Sam Hagen's first loss in a long time. Like, yeah. uh, well, actually not that long. I think he keeps fairly active, actually, looking at his record. Um, but his first loss in the UFC. Uh, so hopefully it was a... It's difficult to say if it's like a learning experience because it was so quick and, like, there wasn't, like, in terms of there wasn't that much depth to it because it was just... Mo- like, it was almost the whole fight was fighting without Joe on his back. Um, and he like he fought for a decent amount of time with him there, um, pretty much the whole fight. Um, so I don't I struggle to say that it can necessarily be a learning experience, but I hope to see Sandhagen coming back like still as him. So he's still like he hasn't been like shook by the loss, but yeah, as you said, probably a bit less kind of reckless in a way because yeah. he does have like he is reckless sometimes, but like it kind of works for him. Um, but maybe just a bit more controlled. But it'll be, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll, it'll be a fun fight, definitely. Yeah, he's always um, exciting. Yeah, well, um, unless you have anything else to mention, I think uh, that's where we'll leave it for this episode. Yeah, that's good to me. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week, obviously, to look over this fight card. Um, next week is... Well, probably similar to this to this one in terms of a fun main event, um, but not necessarily looking like a whole lot else. It's Ortega versus Korean Zombie. Oh, yeah, that will be fairly decent. And um, Cyril Gans on the card. He's always a good watch. Um, and then the week after that, we've got um, UFC 254, which obviously is looking... <sighs> looking stacked um <laughs> so that'd be nice. yeah that'd be good yeah obviously i mean khabib gaichi whichka cannoneer khabib gaichi dos años obviously we lost um what, what was what was the fight that was lost oh where's magomed sharipov oh yeah he dropped out didn't he someone someone dropped out in that one i think it was yaya who dropped out Ah, that's which, just, which that fight, just give a, up on that fight. It's never going to happen. Also, uh, a semi blessing in disguise because it might mean we get uh, we might we get Magomed Tripov in a five rounder. 
Against Holloway? Against Holloway? Oh, just let him just destroy him. Derail the train. Oh, oh my God, I've all seen Ankle Live Kujalaba for about the 15th time. Yeah. Being, it's been <laughs> That fight's not going to happen. Like, yeah. I, I don't even care. No. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, that, there's a lot to look forward to in that, and we will preview that in, well, a couple of weeks' time. Um, yeah, we're getting very ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, but, we are. We are. <laughs> but that is, like, one of the best fights of the year, Khabib Gaethje. So, yeah. Um, I think we're allowed to get ahead of ourselves. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, we will. Um, we'll see you next week. Um, thank you for listening. Stay safe yeah. and uh, yeah, ciao. See ya. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.